<laughs> I uh, I started the recording and I'm I'm still not sure what exactly I started it for. I have you, you see I have no plan coming into this podcast today, but I have to deliver a podcast. It is my it is my cross to bear. It is my burden that I have to deal with. And so as such, I just thought I would I would turn on the microphone, press go on the recording, and just this is this episode is going to be like a a stream of consciousness. It's just going to be me talking about maybe things that I, I have I've thought I, I needed to talk about in other episodes but didn't get to, or maybe a conversation that went unfinished between Anthony and myself. But really, on, on a typical Friday show, I will have at least, at the very least, a rough template or outline of what I am going to talk about. I, I enjoy thematic storytelling. I enjoy very structured storytelling and it allows me to make a uh, hypothesis and test it out, play with it, uh, <laughs> play with it myself in a in an audio commentary fashion and then arrive at a, a major thesis and uh, bring some building blocks and some proof of concept to you in the in the recorded space however i don't have any of this 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 week i was going to i was going to discuss like i said last week i was going to do the second part of the shapes of stories last week i talked about uh, vonnegut and i talked about the i believe it was a vermont study that talked about the different shapes that stories typically take on and then this week i was going to dive further into that by looking at pulte's 36 dramatic situations and finding examples of each but i i did not either find the time in the week or make the time in the week to really construct a uh, <laughs> a good show around those 36 dramatic situations and I, I could have slapped one together really quick and I could have drawn a, a bunch of conclusions that were half-assed and really uh, really weak however I, I thought that would be unfair I, I thought it would be unfair to me because I do want to explore that idea in a good thorough way and I didn't didn't think the way to do that would be this so this episode is I, I, I look I've gotten so far into it already and already I haven't even given you an, an intro like I typically do I'm so thrown off by the fact that I am not lending some type of organization and structure to my life that uh, I didn't even say hey folks welcome back to the Friday show here on the Culture Jack podcast. Now, the Friday show, hosted by me, Dustin, is one of five regular shows that we host every week. We've got the Friday show, of course, where you're at now. 
Then tomorrow we have on today's episode, uh, Anthony's hosting uh, these late episodes of uh, on today's episodes, or these most recent episodes, I should say, about Falcon and the Winter Soldier, and taking a deep dive into each one of those episodes as they occur every week. And then on Sunday, he comes back and delivers you the Weekend Wire. So that's your fix of news stuff that happened over the weekend or that happened during the week that maybe Archimedes missed or I missed. And then Anthony is our final safety net uh, for the week there. And then on Monday, we have the Monday Madness Show again. Another Anthony joint where he comes back and talks about a specific topic of his choosing. And so the Monday Madness Show serves as kind of an analog to the Friday show here. Oh, and then on Thursday, of course, we have Archimedes. How could I forget that little guy doing his thing every week, delivering you uh, the weekly bit of news? So the Monday Madness show and the Friday show are basically analogs of one another in, in that we pick something that we're interested in, if not outright passionate about, and we just kind of kind of talk about it. And so like I said, uh, in this very protracted and prolonged introduction to this episode, I don't really have, I really don't have a idea or a template about what I'm going to talk about. So basically on this episode, it's just going to be a stream of consciousness, Dustin. So you're going to get the most raw, undiluted form of myself talking as I would talk to a podcast. And then I I might not have jokes that land necessarily, but even in my more scripted and my more rigid material, do I ever anyway? So like, what's, what's the harm? What's the harm it's going to be? So we, we've had our regular five episodes this week, which was awesome. Um, But we also had an additional episode that we released uh, yesterday on Thursday, you know, Anthony and I occasionally will get together to do these things that we like to call midweek specials. And in this midweek special, we got together over a Zoom call and we talked about the four hour monstrosity uh, called the Zack Snyder's Justice League that premiered on HBO Max. And if you haven't been paying attention to this whole kind of controversy uh Zack Snyder was the original director of the Justice League back in you know 2016 2017 when it was being filmed and produced and then unfortunately his family suffered tragedy as her as his daughter uh took her own life and so he he couldn't complete the film and rather than waiting for him to to return or even if knowing when he was going to return uh, Warner Brothers hired on Joss Whedon, who had had previously done work on uh, Buffy the Vampire Hunter, Vampire Slayer. Is she a slayer or she is is she a hunter? Because I know Doom Guy from the Doom series, he's a slayer. Like, is Buffy a slayer or is she a hunter? Does and I'm I'm unfamiliar with Buffy the Vampire, whatever she is, uh, because I, I haven't seen any of it, so I don't know if she goes out and actively seeks vampires to hunt and murder or if she just happens across them and and if they're unfortunate enough to find themselves in Buffy's path, do they then just get slaughtered by her then and there? So, I mean, I guess that would be the, 
the real core difference to being a slayer versus a hunter. A slayer implies a intention of sorts where, well, I guess a hunter implies intention as well, but intention, I guess that you have to put on a very specific uh, will to go out and carry out. So hunter, you're out looking for it, a slayer, if, if it finds you, I mean, I guess the two, the two could fall into the same pot there and, and be the same thing. <clears throat> Regardless, Joss Whedon, Buffy the Vampire Slayer, he also directed the first and second Avengers film, Avengers, in 2012, and then The Age of Ultron. I believe it was in 2014, maybe 2015. Yeah, it must have been 2015. Uh, and so... Warner Brothers said, well, this guy did a great job on these movies, and they brought him on to do the Justice League, and it was it was almost universally panned. I didn't think it was that bad of a movie, but uh, regardless, <laughs> Anthony and myself, um, prior to Wednesday, we, we watched the original 2017 Joss Whedon cut of the Justice League, the two, two-and-a-half-hour movie, and we gave our reviews of it on the podcast separately. And then we both watched the Zack Snyder four-hour Justice League. Oh, and so after the 2017 um, one was a flop, there was a big fan petition and fan movement online where they used the hashtag release the Snyder cut. And eventually that got enough momentum or the company thought it would be profitable enough to give Zack Snyder another $70 million and deliver his version or his vision of what the Justice League movie was supposed to be. And so, on Wednesday, no, it was before Wednesday, Anthony and I, we recorded a beast of an episode. It's like an hour and 50 minutes long. So if you haven't, if you haven't checked that out, uh, go find it on the, well, on the streaming, streaming platform that you're listening to this one on now. But it got me thinking, after we recorded that episode, and we could have talked about it for another two hours. Like there is ample material there and it's an interesting, it's, it's a phenomenon really this Zack Snyder's justice league thing, because it, it hasn't been done before. And they're already talking about other movies that could, could see a re-release with a director's intended vision. Now, I personally think that this Zack Snyder justice league case is a little unique in that, the Zack Snyder's Justice League is, I mean, there were extenuating circumstances why he couldn't complete that movie. It wasn't just executives interfering in the creative process like these other directors are claiming. I've even seen reports of Mrs. Doubtfire, the director for Mrs. Doubtfire that Robin Williams uh, starred in. There is a cut of that film that is rated R. And they said in the article, if I remember correctly, something about it being only because of Robin Williams' uh, penchant for going off script, off book, and improvising all of these lines. Robin Williams, an incredibly funny actor, a, a, a creative and comedic genius, but he went and he was so off the cuff and off the wall that there is a version of Mrs. Doubtfire where it, it warrants an R, R rating. Another one is the Ayer cut. And the Ayer cut is, 
uh, from the the Suicide Squad, and Suicide Squad again another pretty pretty widely panned movie. And I don't think that it was a bad movie necessarily. Honestly, I I think the main plot of the movie, the main goal or or problem or issue that the protagonists come up against is too big for a Suicide Squad movie. I think that the Suicide Squad should be a ragtag group, a a rowdy bunch who is sent in to deal with a very specific problem, but in this movie they made it a world-ending problem, as they feel like has to be the big issue for all of these superhero movies and all of these uh, super fantasy movies. And so I don't think that one deserves a separate cut of its own. I think David Ayer had his chance, and it's not like since Joss Whedon's Justice League was released, before Zack Snyder got his chance, a subsequent Justice League was released by a different director, which is going to be the case with The Suicide Squad because James Gunn is coming out with his version of The Suicide Squad. I believe it's this August or this September. It's sometime this fall. And so I can't see them releasing a re-release of a movie that didn't do as well commercially as they thought it was going to do on the heels of a movie from the director of Guardians of the Galaxy that is no doubt going to do very, very well. I mean, that that just doesn't make sense to me. Once they've rebooted those characters in that way, it wouldn't make sense to then go back and kind of rehash the same story that's been told before. And again, I said it on the midweek special, but I am I am part of that hashtag restore the Snyder verse coalition at this point. That's not why I wanted to talk about all this. You see, this is what you get when when you have stream of consciousness, Dustin. You just you get a bunch of random thoughts out of order, repeated, uh, out of harmony, out of sync. You get a scrambled brain sent through an audio recording into your eardrums that doesn't make any sense at all. What I wanted to talk about when I brought up Zack Snyder's Justice League was that this thing was four hours. And one of the things that we didn't touch on on that Justice League special, that dissection and discussion episode, is a four-hour movie being successful or being the norm. Like, had this released in theaters, it would no doubt have come with an intermission. There are several reasons why movie movie makers do not want four-hour movies. And most of it has to do with the theaters. Because a theater doesn't want people sitting around. And I was talking, my brother actually was the one that brought this up. So credit to you, uh, my good my good sir. I don't know if you want me to mention your name on the internet even. But um, I will. It's Franklin Bernardin related to Mark Bernardin of fat man beyond fame anyway that's not his name and that's not important either but he was talking about you know movie theaters don't want four hour movies in in their theaters because they want to shuffle as many people 
in and out of the theater. They want you to get your snacks, your soda pop, pay your admission fee, get in the theater, watch a quick movie, and then get out. Sweep the seats and then let the next crew come in so they can make more money that way. And also, it is partially for the accolades that movies and directors and producers and production studios get from a movie is their commercial success. And if they have a movie that is four hours long with the same ticket price as a two-hour movie, they are not going to break any records with moviegoers at the theater because they're going to be basically paying half of the price for... uh, the same amount of time for that two hours. And so it doesn't, it doesn't benefit movie makers or theaters to have four hour movies. But I was thinking about the four hour movie, just the the concept of it. And with all of the extra information that we got in Zack Snyder's justice league, I think that I would like to see more four hour movies and maybe not even four-hour movies. I'd like to see six-hour movies. I think a longer format gives so much more opportunity to develop characters and to expand on ideas and create subplots and resolve said subplots and just make a more whole picture of a movie in general. And I think that we're getting some of that um, back. I think that's one of the reasons why... Uh, these long form series on Netflix, whether it's, you know, Peaky Blinders or older shows, maybe like a Breaking Bad or The Walking Dead, is they have this opportunity for you to really get to know and fall in love and be invested in these characters. And so, I don't know, just thinking that Every week I get a new episode of Falcon and the Winter Soldier or a new episode of WandaVision that just it puts me that much more into the universe. It's really appealing to me. And when I go back to just a two hour and you're done movie, there's something that I feel like is it it feels rushed. And I don't know if I've always felt this way or if this is a, a newer feeling since I've gotten older or maybe my tastes have become more refined or maybe depending on who you ask, less refined. But it's it's nice. It's nice. I'd like to see I'd like to see more of it. And I don't know. I mean, I know there's there's been weekly weekly episodes of sitcoms and drama series and soap operas and all that stuff in the past. I don't know if they had maybe the same connective tissue that the bingeable types of programs and television on a a platform like Netflix or Hulu or Amazon have today. Or maybe it's just something that I've, I've noticed more of as a consumer of this kind of media. So anyway, that that was one of the thoughts that I just wanted to get out of my head that really didn't have a place. Um, <laughs> not to say that it would have been usurped by by a uh, a second part of the shape of stories, because like I said, that wasn't ready. 
Uh, it'll be ready next week. Don't you worry. Don't you don't you worry. Don't you fret your little head about it. Um, the other thing that I wanted to talk about is I was listening to another podcast. Uh, maybe it was Game Scoop. Might have been Giant Bombcast. One of those guys. And they were talking about expectations in regards to expectations in regards to uh, movement in video games. And so there is there's not a standard controller though on the podcast. We've talked about standard controllers before we've talked about, you know, the Xbox style controller being the Switch Pro style controller, being the Stadia style controller, that being kind of the standard controller, and then, you know, uh, PlayStation and others kind of fall outside of that purview. Well, not, and of course, the Nintendo Switch, way outside of that purview, the, the Wii remotes, way outside of that as well. But <clears throat> well, what they were talking about was like, a there's not a set standard where A has to be jump and B has to be crouch. However, there are a lot of games that use that standard. It's like an unspoken rule in games that you have A as jump and B as crouch. Now, when it comes to shooting games, a lot of the times in the past, they talked about, you know, being on a uh, old Nintendo system or on a Super Nintendo system that the A button would be shoot or the X button would be shoot. However, it has become a standard practice now to have the trigger button be shoot because it has that natural intuitive feeling as to, uh, you know, a trigger being pulled, right? That there's something that your finger does that is similar to if you were pulling the trigger on an actual gun. And so I thought that was a really interesting thing to think about. And... <laughs> I had some other profound thought around it, but I guess I don't anymore. And that's what happens when you get a stream of conscious type podcast like this one. You get me just talking. And so for some people, that's enough. For some people, they have told me that they like the sound of my voice. And they so this might be satisfactory to them. But for others, they've told uh, told me that they like their, my storytelling. They like the way that I weave together uh, details of a plot. And so for them, this may be a much less attractive podcast. I, but if you like this format, if you tell me if you are enjoying it, I don't think I'm going to go on much longer. Those were really the only two things that I thought I'd have. And I thought that'd be about five minutes worth of brain talk but apparently this podcast has become kind of a regular podcast length so yeah i think that's gonna be it for the the friday show at the very least i just want to check in and let you guys know that i am committed to making an episode regardless of if i have a thing to talk about or not if i have something prepared or if i am just you know pulling stuff out of my ass but you should stay tuned for our other episodes that are much more prepared than this one. Stay tuned for on today's episode on Saturdays, the Weekend Wire on Sundays, Monday Madness, and then the News Desk on Thursdays. You can also leave us a review. And I don't know how many people have done this. 
Not a lot from what I can tell. So if you left me a review, I want you to uh, find us on Facebook or send us an email and say, hey, I left you a review. And you can find us on Facebook at Culture Jacked. You can tweet us, though it may <laughs> it may take some extra time. I don't check in on Twitter that terribly much. But you can you can send us a tweet at Culture Jack. You can also send us an email if you're one of those types that likes to, to punch out emails. Leave us a review and let us know that you did it. Say say Dustin sent me from the Friday show. And that email is culture.collective.x2 at gmail.com besides that I will see you guys next week thank you so much I hope your week was good I hope your weekend is better so please have a good weekend cheers